Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse 8. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse 8 and Kate will break it down for you now. Hey, Kate. Yes? It's almost here. What is? The 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 episode the really important episode the yeah. one for this show the uh, show that we're doing right now which is why i came over to your place uh-huh yeah the important episode kate it's this one no no it's not this one oh. it's coming kate it's oh, coming okay. I'm, I'm building i'm building suspense oh, i'm see. building up the the excitement and the audience for the 200 200 yeah yes 200 and uh we're gonna decide if we're gonna do it live or not i say we do i say we don't i say we not listen to you and we listen to me i say the opposite of what you said times infinity (laughs) i say la 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 la, i can't hear you make her stop (laughs) mom can't help you now she's listening to this two days later wait no Three, four days later? Five days later. Something like that. Anyway, <laughs> yes, we're coming up on episode number 200 of what show is this? Fuse Ain't Kate. And what do we do on the show? We talk about days of the week. We did 199 episodes of days of the week. That's right. <laughs> no. We talk about kids' books because there are many of them. Other okay. say because we have nothing better to do. I <laughs> uh, did not not say that. So, Yeah. Yeah, and uh, basically, why do we look at these picture books? What What is our ultimate goal? Um, for you to give interesting facts about them, and for mm. me to point out interesting facts in the illustrations. Very nice. <laughs> Very, uh, yes. And then, ultimately, to decide if they are good or crap. Right. Right. So we've been doing a lot of white people lately, which, you know, happens in that, in America, white people make most of the stuff that are, like, book-related, and that's not good. And so finding classics um, that, you know, existed more than 20 years ago that show a broad range of experiences and, 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 and life, uh, this can be difficult. But today's book, I am pleased to say, uh, is a reprint. This is a book that a friend of mine found uh, and let me know about on her blog. And then I put it on my blog. We have no idea if the publisher republished it because of people on the internet republishing things on their blog about this book if it was just a coincidence but whatever the case it has been republished now i should tell you it is not particularly well known but that's how you do it baby that's how you figure out if a book should be a classic or not now it could be it's not this could be no good whatsoever but it's got a good topic are you ready for the book okay yeah all right here we go by Linda C. Kane and Susan Rosenbaum. Illustrated by Leo and Diane Dillon. The Dillons! The Dillons are back! So, um, I don't suppose you remember uh, how Mosquito buzzed and why Mosquito oh, yeah. buzzed at the people's ears. So this book uh, is by the same people, uh, but it's a very different kind of style for them. And Wait, illustrated by the same people? Yeah, so apparently they illustrated together, and nobody can really quite tell me how they did this. Like, literally, 
at the same time. Wait, no, um, but this book is illustrated by the mosquitoes, Buzz. Yes. Oh, right. Wow. Right. Uh, exactly. They did, it, their books were, as one obituary said of Leo Dillon, uh, they were a seamless amalgam of both their hands. So go read that seamless amalgam, why don't you? <laughs> okay. Okay. While Kate does her read, we are going to learn a little more about Diane and Leo Dillon. Now, I would have us learn more about Linda C. Kane and Susan Rosenbaum, but I don't know who they were. And the information from this reprint of this book uh, by the New York Review Children's Collection lists uh, in their bio. Here's what the bio says of them. Linda C. Kane and Susan Rosenbaum are children's book authors. Right, so we're going to talk about the Dillons here. Uh, the Dillons, who, as you may know, won the Caldecott Medal in 1976 and 1977. They're the only ones who've ever won it consecutively in this way. Uh, and in 1978, they were actually runners-up for the Hans Christian Andersen Award for Children's Illustrators. They were also a U.S. nominee again in 1996. So how'd these, how'd these crazy kids meet? Well, Leo uh, Dillon and Diane Sorber both went to the Parsons School of Design in New York City in 1953, where they became, and I love this, instant arch rivals and remained together from then on. So they graduated in 1956, they get married the next year, and they started illustrating together. And they, they explained it this way, we could look at ourselves as one artist rather than two individuals. And that third artist was doing something neither of us would do. We let it flow the way it flows. When an artist is working by themselves and a color goes down that they didn't quite expect, and that affects the next colors they use, and it seems to have a life of its own. They did tons of work. Um, some of this was collected in a 1981 book called The Art of Leo and Diane Dillon, which I highly recommend you seek out. In 2012, Leo died of lung cancer. And uh, they actually they have one surviving son, Lee. Uh, he actually also became an artist, and he collaborated with his parents, so that would be three of them, uh, including on illustrations for, and this is the greatest title you're going to hear today, Nancy Willard's Pish Posh, said Hieronymus Bosch. I can't top that. You know, the last time you came back from reading a book, it was like 30, 45 minutes later. Really? Yeah, remember when you were doing the Pinkerton books? That was a lot of backing and forth. It was forthing. a lot of backing and forthing. This book, you seem to have come quite quickly. <laughs> Relatively speaking, it's uh, about normalizing. Yeah, there's a reason for that. Oh, okay. Is it not full of teeny tiny intricate little details in the corners? Yeah, no. The... No! That's, that's much. not the style we're dealing with today. No. Not even slightly. Mm -mm. So, yes, blast off. Why don't you uh why don't you tell me what that book's about there? Okay, uh, so there's this young girl called Regina Williams, and in the illustrations, she's black, and mm -hmm. she wants to become an astronaut. And this is very timely, since the first civilian astronaut mission, the uh, Inspiration4, just returned to Earth from a three-day mission in orbit, like, a couple days ago. And that featured um, pilot C. Ann Proctor, who is a, ge a geoscientist, a professor, and the first black woman to serve in that role in space. Wow. So there you go. That's totally... Timely. Totally why I chose this book, because I knew all <laughs> of that. Yeah, sure it's you did. Right up here. Uh -huh. in, the, in the noggin. <laughs> locked away. 
Yep. So yeah. Mm-hmm. So um. So I'm, you know, maybe maybe that that woman was this little girl. And, uh, <laughs> well, maybe. <laughs> I mean, we're talking like what 1970, I think, for this book. So. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, anyway, so she's always this little girl's always dreamed about uh, wanting to be an astronaut, and she would draw pictures of astronauts. And it's funny because you know the illustrations are quite basic. I mean, there are some thin line drawings in there, but it's the col- It's bold. There's no details. There's no details. <laughs> yeah, which is hard for you because you 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 not live. a fan. You live for the details, as I recall. Yeah. It's, also, I should make a correction. This book came out in 1973. Uh, uh, so there you go. Well, it's, yeah. So it has few details, fewer colors. We're dealing with... Very bl- limited palette. Uh, well, black, black, white, maroon, brown, and sort of like a pinkish, reddish something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, very limited. But uh, one day, this little girl is drawing a rocket ship mm-hmm. uh, on the sidewalk, and her two friends come up, and they say, what are you doing? And she's like, can't you see I'm drawing a picture? And they're like, yeah, but what? what's that funny-looking thing? <laughs> and I'm like, apparently this girl should not be an artist. <laughs> <laughs> what's the funny-looking thing? Go in a different direction, yes. my friend. Not, yep. not art. <laughs> that is not the path for you. <laughs> So she's like, you know, this is a rocket and someday I'm going to go to space and I'm going to come back and I'm going to be famous. And her friends are like, yeah, you're, you're just crazy. You're, mm. yeah. Naysayers. Yes, they are naysayers. It's a carrot seed all over again. So, <laughs> so she, so her friends walk away and, you know, she looks back at her drawing and it says, and the rocket didn't look as good as it had before. Aww, <laughs> again, we've all been there. Don't be an artist, kid. <laughs> I know it's true, though. You do something, and then someone's she, like, "Eh," and then you look at it, and you're like, "Oh shoot, it's not but, as good as I thought." But it was. she's creative in other ways. Good. She f- goes to an empty lot. <laughs> oh, this is 1973 in probably New York City. So yes, we've and got empty lots all over the place. It's got like a toilet. It's got a mattress. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got you know boxes and bins. And she decides to build a spaceship with the things in the slot and i'm like i really really hope there are no needles among this trash or bed bugs in that mattress yeah i I like her creativity Mm -hmm. but i really hope she's had her tetanus shot (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's funny it's a very it's just the the outlines of the junk pile so it doesn't look as gross as it would you would think if you had put in some details yeah you could you could totally see oscar the grouch poking his head out from the middle of that though sure yeah I don't know though, because it's very. The backgrounds are all white, and it's just very crisp. with some shading. Yeah, yeah and the a very, very rare occasional color. Yeah. yeah. So she takes this old trash can um, that, like, the is street... Oscar in it? No. Oh. The street cleaners apparently had like mashed it up, and so she's gonna. Ooh. She's like, "This is gonna be my space capsule. I can only imagine what it smelled like." <laughs> I know. <laughs> But she, clean it out, sweetie. Clean it out. She's like, yeah. I'm gonna get in this thing. I'm like, you do, All you right. kid. <laughs> yeah. As long as it's not a refrigerator or something. And she, uh, yeah. So she puts together this spaceship, and then she does the countdown from ten to one. She checks her controls, and then in big reddish, orange, pinkish colors, it says blast off. Blast off. And her spaceship. If I was reading this book to a kid, that would be the moment where I'd go like. <sighs> Oh, yeah, I'm sure like, it'd be yeah. nice to, like, read to kids. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I think it'd be fun. Yeah. yeah. Good this, story time book, folks. This, at this point, I'm like, gosh, these pages are thick. Um, it's And, and the font is boring. <laughs> so, 
Oh, the font is terrible. What was it about the 70s and terrible fonts? I don't understand it's it. Like because it, it wasn't that bad before. It's like Arial. Even the 80s. <laughs> yeah. Even the 80s were not that bad when it came to fonts. But something about that 70s. There was another book we did not that long ago that had a terrible, terrible font. Yeah. What was it, Betsy? It I was no the, the one that was supposed to have the kid dressed in like a Native American outfit. But oh, then... I'll fix Anthony. Which yeah. I believe was another like... 70s like 60s yeah what was up with the fonts dudes i don't and that was what you Helvetica? couldn't afford them <laughs> like just make your own man i don't know this uh. is this is ariel i think and i'm disappointed and but <laughs> no the pages are really thick like, like the physically the yeah. pages are thick that's interesting now that would be the new publisher uh the new york review children's collection and so I guess they just wanted to be like, they had the it money screams to... <laughs> quality. We must make it quality. Yes, we have the money for the thicker paper. Right. Uh, sorry. So it she must not be shiny. She gets yeah. Oh, it's definitely it's very matte. Yeah, matte, matte, yeah, not matte. glossy. No. So she gets in her ship. It goes off into space. She's so excited that it's like off the ground, and she can see that Earth is uh, um, like falling away. Earth is, um, below. Isn't Earth supposed to be capitalized? That's an excellent question. Usually, yes. It but says, it is not? It says she, she saw the blue-green earth below her. Oh. Well, maybe she um, is talking about the actual physical earth that is on the earth. And it's blue-green <laughs> because of... Land and fungus. water. <laughs> yes. It's a blue-green fungus. I, I'm... I, on I the Whatever. Earth. Anyway. Yeah, you're right. Though. That should be capped, yeah. Uh, so she's like, wow, I never would have guessed that... The Earth. Oh, okay. I'm having a hard time justifying that one. Okay, never mind. Was well, so small. <laughs> yeah, I bet so small that the E isn't even capital. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, right. So she's in the blackness of space, and it's dotted with stars. The stars are beautiful. Um, are they? Sure. They got some red in there. I guess those are planets. It's kind of hard to tell. I don't know. They're not stars. It's red dots. Red dots. You have white stars. So it's like the sky has measles. With like, and it's only on like three fourths of a page. Mm-hmm. That's true. <laughs> yeah. They're not really like, like you aren't seeing just a whole black page with stars. That would have been That like, would be really cool. Like, whoa. You know. Uh, like the vastness of spaces. A better uh, podcast host would have found out at what point in the Dylan's career this book came out. I uh, I sure would like to speak to that podcast host sometime. And, <laughs> Me too. And ask that person uh, if this was perhaps one of their first books and they were still getting a feel for the material. Yeah, there's a lot of white space there's here. way too much white space. The, the, yeah. the pages with the text are, you know, it's just a white background. Yep. So yeah. anyway. Yeah. She's, uh, there were like a lot of visual things they could have done with this. They yeah. just didn't go in that direction. I, it would have been more eye-catching to have a full, like, Well, and especially a, a spread, I, yeah, right? especially with the 70s, I really associate that with, like, black backgrounds with colors on. I don't know why, but that's just a very 70s thing that I, I think of. Yeah. yeah. She can see a, uh, a weather station in space. Yeah. And she it's wa- Sputnik. And <laughs> she wonders what else is floating in space. And then she's like, wow, it's really lonely. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You ever like, you're ever, you ever like in a really, really dark room, it's like pitch black Mm -hmm. and you're kind of like, this is a little too, too, too too dark. Too much lack of light. Yeah. Yeah, Uh I I don't think she packed a light in her, uh, in her space rocket ship. No, Ray Bradbury had some very good short stories about the 
crushing loneliness of that's space she, and how it can basically make you go insane. Yeah, and yeah. that's what she's feeling. She's getting a funny feeling in her stomach. Mm-hmm. She said the kind that comes from being alone. Yep. Yeah, so she's getting that. But then all of a sudden, in big pink letters, pink? Sure. pink sure. We're going to go with pink. It says, bang! Bang! And oh, then, that ain't good. And then she's you like, do not want to hear a bang when you're in space. Yeah, and then she's like, whoa, what was that? It's shaking the whole ship. Um, must have been like something hitting the ship, like a meteor. In space, no one can hear me scream. <laughs> And then it goes, bam! Oh, that's not good. So, and then she's like, oh, no. My, oh. My ship's falling apart. Well, that's not good. And then it goes, crash! Okay, so that's the worst. I do like the drama of Yeah, there's the, definitely some drama here. It's not the, all just like, because there are a lot of picture books where it's like, and then I went to space, and the stars said, we love you. And then I went home and had some soup. It's boring. <laughs> Have a crash. What, what? I approve. Yeah, she's, yeah. she's got some drama. Oh. And then all of a sudden, uh, everything's quiet. Her friends are like, hey, where have you been? In a garbage can. <laughs> Why do you smell like trash? <laughs> they don't say that, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I went into space. And uh, nope. They say, nope, you only nope, took a trash. A and you only took a trip in that pile of trash. And she was like, no, I was in space and I saw a weather station and some meteors banging to me. And they're like, no, you were dreaming. Okay. And <laughs> an elegant word. And she's like, and then it says that uh, she looked at them with a knowing smile and then, oh, that's it. Oh, that's the end. That's just it? Just a that's, knowing smile um, and we end. I thought she was going to do more. Nope. She just had a knowing smile. Like she was going to bring her friends into space and convince them like, oh. That would have even been good as just like a visual, like a wordless visual at the end. Just like the three of them blasting off together. Right? Something. Yeah. Or maybe they could have like investigated like what crashed the ship the first time. Mm -hmm. Oh, maybe it was a monster. Oh, maybe they, the three of them worked together and then they come back home. Now that's a fault of the authors, I would say, rather than the illustrator. The illustrator can't do anything about the ending. Though they could do it with like an extra a little illustration illustration yeah yeah that's the thing that illustrators do it is they illustrate sometimes things <laughs> sometimes <laughs> sometimes clearly they don't yeah that's the end that's the end of that one so yeah as the um so there was a helpful little note that came with this when it was sent to me i'm i'm looking at this note possibly for the first time closely and i see that the publication date for this is september 21st 2021 this is for the new edition so I guess I got this quite a while ago, but I thought that, huh, I thought it'd gone out a while ago. Okay. Anyway, sorry. That's, that's news to me. Apparently it's out very recently, uh, again, because originally it came out in 1973 and this was originally published a year after the final Apollo missions. So space would have still been in a lot of people's minds. Space is in people's minds now. Yes, and the... space is like in people's minds maybe more now than it's been, well, since the Challenger craft, I crash in some ways. Or I don't know when we landed on Mars. When we landed on Mars was in the, in yeah. the news quite a lot. But when it comes to actual like people going into space, it's mm-hmm. been a while. Yeah, you know. And so yeah, this is nicely timed. You know, it's funny they compared it more to um, Hidden Figures. Yeah, because you know, that, in hidden figures, yep. yeah, certainly, you know, you're talking about the the black women who worked for NASA and were mathematicians. But they didn't go into space, but they did not go into space. So this is sort of an improvement on that. I think it's already I say improvement. I would say it's a different angle. That's a good point. That's a good point. Not everybody wants to go into space for one thing, and it's not like the guys who went into space were more important than anyone else. They exactly. were just, and it's guys. not like they failed because they were super wicked smart. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's so true. 
All right, I uh, I gotta say it, man. It's it's ratings time. Okay. All right. So uh, this is very short. It is uh, very it is very short. I wish it kept going, like you know, convincing her friends to go into space and share her love of space with them, and maybe they could have an adventure together. I think that would have been like a nice part two. I feel like we only just got part one. Um, but for someone who's it says who's always dreamed of going to space. Her dream lasted about two minutes, tops. <laughs> so it's a very short dream. Where there was a bang and a crash. And a... <laughs> but I I do like that it was a young black girl, since I don't think there are a lot of books out there about oh, black girls no. wanting to be astronauts. No. At least not back then. Now we're seeing slightly more, but not a ton ton. But for me, it still lacked. The story lacked. The details lacked. The font lacked. I gave it a 4.5, so it's not quite a classic to me. So recently on my blog, I did, um, which is Fuse Number 8 Productions, hosted by SLJ, I did a piece on the last picture book that people have come out during their lifetimes and whether they're any good or not. Often these people are very old. It's not their best work. I could easily do the same thing for the first books that they have coming out. And like I say, I don't know that this is the first, but it's definitely early, 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 early Dylan's. They had their style kind of down. It definitely has similarities to other books that they have done. I don't know. I thought the Mosquitoes book was way different well, stylistically. Yeah, yeah, you should you should and see I, stuff they do with people. I mean, they really, they could do a million different styles. I, I should show you some of their stuff. It was crazy good. This feels like a like a running leap and a lot of missed opportunities as we point out i mean if you're going to have like a her saying oh my gosh the vast emptiness of space show the vast emptiness of space um too much white space unnecessary definitely could have had some sort of like ending even though the text was insufficient the art can often make up for that uh to a certain extent beautiful to look at i really do love the art and I love the style. I like how stylized it is. And I love the message. Um, cause let me tell you, like we say, there just weren't books about, I mean, anyone black going into space, let, let alone black girls. I mean like black boys, anyone, there was nothing practically. So this book is historically important. But I don't think that it is successful as its own. I think it is almost successful. And I'm really glad it's reprinted and that we have it in libraries now, again. But I think there are a lot of better books uh, right now that about, about girls going into space. For example, if you want a really good book, I suggest you look up Rocket Says Look Up by Nathan Bryan, uh, illustrated by Dapo Adela. Uh, came out in 2019 about a girl who wants to be an astronaut. Uh, her name is Rocket. It it was awesome. Uh, this book was well-intentioned. It just wasn't quite there. So I'm I'm just going to give it a five. Okay. So with our scores combined, it's just barely... A toe below not the line. Not classic. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So close. Yeah. Welcome to keep reading it in, like, in front of kids and get the drama of the I bang and the crash. I think it would be great for a story but... time. I just don't know that it's like one of the top books of yeah, all time. No. Yeah. I'm glad that we read it, but I don't... It, it wasn't quite there yet. Yeah. All right. Letters time. All right. This comes from Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Betsy and Kate. Hello. Mm. First of all, I've been a truly devoted fan of your podcast for over two years. Oh, thanks. You make Mondays better. 
I tend to listen while I'm working on illustrations. And I have to tell you, you make my art better too. I hear Kate being picky about inconsistencies (laughs) or small weirdnesses, and it makes me much more of a stickler. So thank you. Second, about guns. Technically. This is going back to the... uh... Yeah, it's funny. You would think this would be about the Pinkerton episode, but this is actually going back to the Stop That Ball episode. Yeah. Technically, the proper word for a cannon is a gun. In the 17th, 18th, and 19th centuries, Navy ships were raided by how many carriage-mounted guns they carried. A 44-gun frigate, for example. Us devoted readers of the Patrick O'Brien novels got a thorough lesson in this stuff. They are very popular in my library. I can say that. My late father, who served in the Army, corrected me if I used gun to mean anything other than a cannon. The proper description would be pistol, rifle, whatever. Hmm. I hate firearms, by the way. So anyway, the term gun in Stop That Ball is used correctly. But enough of that. I can't wait for your 200th episode. (laughs) And thank you again for making my illustrations better. Oh, that's awesome. That is awesome. And thank you for teaching me something. And I'd just like to point out that that was actually a letter from Sarah Brannon. Uh, She is probably best known for her picture book, Uncle Bobby's Wedding which is a very well-known and well-awarded LGBTQ picture book. She also did some of my personal favorites, Summertime Sleepers, uh, which is absolutely awesome. It's about estivation. She did Feathers Not Just for Flying, which I loved when it came out. She did Seashells More Than a Home. She's got some really good uh, nonfiction titles out there. So thank you so much, Sarah. Yeah, thank you. Excellent. Can you draw us? I'm just going to put out that request. Oh, don't, just, don't ask them because they do do it. And then it's like, I feel be guilty. That'd awesome. No, yeah. yeah. Make me I'm look a- like a sleepy hedgehog. <laughs> Wait, if you're a sleepy hedgehog. You have to estivate. What is that? It's like hibernation, but it's not like the same degree. Like hibernation is like major. Like you sleep all winter. Estivation, you're kind of like in and out and in and out. I feel like you would have to be like a beaver because isn't that what you're obsessed yeah. with? Yeah. My poor beavers. Yeah. You'd be a, like beaver, a beaver and I'd be like a porcupine. Beavers like stay awake the, all winter though. The yeah. mohawk porcupine. There you go. There right? you go. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Plus I got a big gap between the front teeth. There you I go. I look like a beaver. It's awesome. <laughs> Grown up things we like. Uh, so I went to the movie theater for the first time Ooh. since the pandemic. And Wait, you went by yourself? No, no. I went with the penguinologist okay, okay, and right. we saw um, Shang-Chi. The Marvel movie that just recently came out about uh, the Ten Rings. Yes, indeed. Yes. Um, it is awesome. All <laughs> I, right. I really liked it. You know, because throughout most of the movie, it's this guy. He's a martial artist. He's not a superhero. He doesn't have, you know, fantastical powers. He's just super skilled and mm-hmm. can go toe to toe with gods and monsters. Um, the fight scenes were epic. Aquafina's in it, and she's both like the comic relief and the supporting friend. I really like that they didn't make her a love interest. Like, men and women can just be friends in movies, and that's totally okay. Um, it's got magical creatures that I think would put uh, Fantastic Beasts to shame. And it's about damn time that we had an Asian superhero. That's so. True. I did not see Iron Man 3, and I think it might have helped if I did. So if you are planning to go see this movie, maybe go see Iron Man 3 first because it references things from that movie that I didn't really catch until after the fact. But I wasn't lost. Like, it didn't make me lost by not seeing it. It Mm -hmm. just referenced some things that I could hear other people going, oh, man, look. And I was like, what? It's that guy. He's a guy. 
Is that guy someone that I should know? <laughs> uh, okay. But, yeah, I have seen Iron Man 3, and I think I know what you're talking about. So. Gotcha. So, yeah, yeah definitely, definitely recommend checking that out. Oh, very nice indeed. Uh, my grown-up thing I like is a total librarian nerd thing. And you guys, I'm sorry, but I saw it today. I really enjoyed it. I have to talk about it. So, you see, my library uh, has a little program that we use called Collection HQ, which is used to sort of figure out statistics on my library. Like, of all the books, it can tell me all sorts of cool things. And now, they have added onto it DEI capabilities, which is to say, I can now see how many books I have uh, by Black authors, how many I have by Latinx authors, how many I have uh, that fall into disability or... Uh, religion or all these different topics. Is it perfect? No! It is much better with new books than it is with old ones. But they're working on that. We're going to be able to update it. And now I'll be able to compare it to census data to see whether or not the percentages of books in my collection match the percentages of the population of my city. I am so nerded out excited about this it is so good i had a nice talk with the collection hq people earlier today they are from scotland so that is awesome That's because cool. it is because all the instructional videos are with a lovely scottish lilt oh they're fantastic i do it for you but i do a crummy scottish lilt <laughs> so it is great uh it's the collection hq the new dei settings i just That's super nerdy so nerdy <laughs> And so great. So next week, next week, it's the big one. It's the big one. I have the book at home. Are you going to give any clues? Um, I'll say that it is, I mean, it's technically a sequel, I'll say. Um, but we've done the first one. The second one is almost as famous as the first one. And we haven't done any other books um, in this sequence. Honestly, there's really only two. Uh, and, uh, yeah, and I will say it is, uh, it is controversial. Um, much as our first episode was about Tiki Tiki Tembo, which was quite controversial, this will also be a book that is not universally beloved at this point What's in time. Wasn't number 100 about Cat in the Hat? Yeah, number 100 was Cat in the Hat. Well, so there you go. So every 100 we do a slightly, uh, controversial, controversial book. book. <laughs> Marvelous. I'm glad that I'm able to keep that up. How long are we going to keep doing this? Um, how many books exist? Uh, many. I'm going to go to bed now. Okay. <laughs> While Kate goes to bed, I've been Betsy. I'm Kate. Bye. <laughs> hey, folks. I know Kate was a little reluctant, but I got her into a headlock and I got her to agree for us to do a live recording of our podcast, Fuse 8 and Kate on Wednesday, September 29th at 8 p.m. Central Time. We're going to be recording the show on both Instagram Live and Facebook Live. So, if you want to see us do a live recording of the show, be sure to tune on in. Can't make it to the recording? That's okay. We're going to be uh, making a recording of it, and then we're going to be putting it on Vimeo, and we'll put it on all our different sites. But if you want to see us live and in person, well, not in person, we're going to be on a computer, but live in some sort of way, be sure to tune in on Wednesday, September 29th at 8 p.m. Central Time. Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse Number 8 production. You can reach us at fusekate8 at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at Fuse underscore Kate. You can follow us on Instagram at Fuse 8 Kate. That's Fuse Number 8 Kate. Listen to us on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, or Player FM, or follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. 
Our music is by Haddon Kime, and our Empty Chairs at Empty Tables is Drew Atienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Atienza and Betsy Bird.